This is episode number 008 of the Reno Slant. Nevada got a road win. Look at that. It gets a little bit tougher this week, though. We got an awesome show coming up. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. It wasn't pretty, but conference road wins are tough to come by, especially for Nevada. Nevada finally got a road win last week over Air Force. Adam and I are going to share our quick thoughts on the 28-25 win. Then it's on to Fresno. Nevada's got the reigning Mountain West West champs on Saturday, and they look pretty, pretty good again this year. So what are they doing well this year? And the answer to that question is a lot. Is there a path to an upset win for Nevada on Saturday? Certainly hope so. What's the betting angle? I've been on fire picking these Nevada games the last few weeks. And as always, we're going to give our predictions for the games. For slants this week, we got games of the weekend. We got another uh, just slew of awesome Twitter questions from you guys. You guys are, have been awesome with that slant so far. And... Bringing one back from one of the first shows. Hey, I remember you. I uh, had some fun with that one. Was looking forward to doing that one again. And as always, we're going to wrap it up with Random Reno. But first, our iTunes five-star review of the week. And for the second time in three weeks, we look like the Cubs offense. We got nothing going. We got shut out. Um, so we're adding a bit of an incentive this week. Not only... If your iTunes review gets picked, are you going to get some love on the show? Get going to get a shout out. But Adam and I are going to Venmo you a hundred big ones. Yep. 100 cents coming your way. iTunes five star review of the week. We're going to Venmo you a dollar. So if, uh, you would just include your Venmo username. I don't even know what it is on Venmo, but just include your username and we'll shoot you a dollar. And that's about two thirds of a way to a dollar fifty tall boy at Calneva. So I, I don't know uh, what better gift we could think of than that, Adam. I know that you know about dollar fifty beers at Calneva. We, we we both do. But the real mm-hmm. news this week is that I kicked your ass in fantasy. You want to defend yourself? Um, I just the only thing I got to say is you know I did this classic lineup tinker. I had Cooper Cup. And I had Cooks in. I got nervous about five minutes before that kick. I bench Cup. Obviously, he goes for 28 points. And I think I, I can't remember what I lost by, 24 or 25, something like that. Something pretty big. A lot of but excuses. Yeah, I mean, A lot of excuses from my, that end of the mic. The, I mean, you know what? The only person to blame is myself. I got 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 to take that measure. It's just me. That was on me. You suck. You're bad. <laughs> Well, I'm here. Oh, don't worry. When come, come time to playoffs, when it really matters, because you're going to be on your high horse while I beat him in the regular season, it doesn't even matter because once the playoffs come, which I know I'm going to be in, I mean, you might be watching from that 5-6 game that nobody cares about, but the real big dogs will worry about the playoffs. You're need getting to worry. real defensive over there. I'll leave <laughs> right, it at that. M- let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh Nevada was whooping up on Air Force last week, and then it got scary late. Uh, I'll let you start this week here. What are some of your, t- start with just one as always. What, what's one of your takeaways 
from that win? Uh, well, something we something I commented on before the game was the time of possession. Um, that was yep. obviously gonna be a big thing with the style of uh, offense that Air Force runs. Uh, looking onto it, it was 31 minutes, 29 minutes, so not a huge margin, but still winning. Time of possession against Air Force is good with especially how slow paced their offense is. Um, and that allowed, uh, Nevada was able to out, you know, with the yards that came with having the ball, uh, they were able to out yard them or out gain total yard. Yeah. Out gain. There Jeez. you go. That's a, that's a rookie, <laughs> rookie move on my part. I've never watched sports before. <laughs> they were able to out gain them total yards of 436 to 250. So that's a pretty big margin. So that's, that's my first thing. That kind of ties into what mine was. I think the defense deserves a ton of credit. For how they played now, especially early. We said on the show that last week that Air Force isn't nearly as explosive as they've been in years past. Air Force was held to three yards per carry in that one. Air Force was three of 14 on third down. You mentioned time of possession. Air Force had around 29 minutes. They were averaging somewhere around 40. So mm-hmm. that, that's a significant drop-off. So the defense deserves a ton of credit for what they did slowing down that triple option, especially especially in the first half. I think Air Force had 25 yards on its first drive and then had minus 10 yards of offense the rest of the half. Um, mm-hmm. That's really tough to do against this triple option. It got really scary late. Really scary oh, late. And I I thought Air Force was going to score a touchdown. <laughs> I did conf, not conf, feel good. Conf, confidence was not high towards the end of that game. No, but, but Air Force gets down there with their third string quarterback. They start slinging the ball over the place. And it's, what the yeah. hell is going on right now? Uh, but needed one more stop and got it. We also mm-hmm. said red zone was going to be big in that one. How good Air Force has been in the red zone on both sides, as has Nevada. And yeah. what do we know? It came down to a red zone stop in the final minute. Air Force was three of three in the red zone before that. So, uh, big, big props to the defense. One of the things that jumped out to me. Yeah, I had on the flip side of that, my t- other takeaway was the poor play of the offense in the second half because the offense was pretty much shut down. You had, they started off with, they opened the half of the touchdown, but then the next drives, fumble, missed field goal, turnover and downs. Then they had the purpose, they did the safety on purpose, you know, run a little bit of extra time off the clock, but, you know, against Air Force, it ended up working out, came out on top. But going into this week, that type of second half offensive production is not going to do it. No, it will not. No, it will not. Yeah. Uh, a couple times, offense had a couple WTF moments. Mm-hmm. So did the telecast. ESPN went out for like 15 minutes, whatever that was. That was weird. Yeah. But, what game did they throw on? I don't know. Well, it was, it was, I got ESPN goal line, so it was a bunch of stupid. I mean, uh, I think at one point it was Vandy in Middle Tennessee or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. But no moment was more egregious than you have what looks like a scoop and score. They end up ruling Lucas Weber was down at the one. Then you go false start. Then you go chop block. Then you go 99 yard pick six. Yeah. That is, there's no way to, to frame that other than that is absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible. I never gonna want to single anyone out, but that pick six was underthrown by about 15 yards. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that was supposed to be a back shoulder and Ganji just threw it too far inside and there was a miscommunication or or what that was. But that was a huge swing. And if Nevada would have lost that game, 
that's the play you go back to. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a tied it up 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah, back so, and that was kind of a microcosm of a lot of what happened. There's just a lot of just general sloppiness. Mm-hmm. I, I think 13 penalties, 103 yards called against Nevada. So many of them were procedural in just brutal moments, yeah. it felt like. So mm-hmm. as good as the defense was at staying disciplined, because that's what it is when you're playing the triple option, staying in your lane, um, maintaining gap responsibility, the offense, especially offensive line, uh, lacked some discipline, I thought. Yeah, that was all, that was all I had for, for my recap on that. I'm ready. I'm ready to move on to Fresno. That makes one of us. I got, I got a couple more. Uh, in general, I thought more so in the first half than, than the second half. I thought the talent disparity was pretty glaring. It was easy to see that, okay, Nevada's dudes are better than Air Force's dudes. And that's not a situation the Air Force is unfamiliar with. As we talked about in the show last week, they are a program that relies heavily on scheme. But you mentioned time of possession. Nevada outgained Air Force 436 to 250. I thought Nevada really would have cruised in this game. If not, the, the pick six was big. Some just silly, silly brain farts. But for a team that hasn't won on the road in that snapped an eight game road losing streak, I think it's to be expected. You're going to figure out how to win on the road again. It's something mm-hmm. you haven't done in a while. It's something this coaching staff, at least the way it's currently set up, has never done. So ultimately, I don't think it was true, truly surprising. The team hasn't played with the lead on the road a lot. How do you handle that? It's a different situation. It's a different, it's a different world having the lead, especially on the road. <laughs> yeah. And the losing streak, I don't think anyone wants to think about it, but you know, it creeps in there. Mm-hmm. It's like we haven't done this in a lot. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, that's in there. And the last point I want to make about Air Force before we move on to Fresno here was I thought that was a pretty gutsy effort from Ty Ganji. The pick six was egregious, but early in the third quarter, he breaks off that 29-yard run, whatever that was, and he was seriously limping the rest of that one and still made some pretty big throws down the stretch, finished with almost four or 300 yards of offense, four total touchdowns. And that's going to be a storyline this week. I don't, I didn't see if he practiced today, but he missed practice Monday. He missed practice Tuesday. We might be seeing Christian Solano on Saturday. Um, so either way, I thought that was a pretty courageous effort from, from, from Ty, especially in the second half. And ultimately it was enough. So, uh, I, I give props to Ty for, for limping it out in the second half. Yeah, it's definitely a strong performance on his part. I mean, well, being able to stick around in that game because, you know, if he comes out in the third quarter, that could have gone south quick, a lot quicker than it did. Because, I mean, at that point, even though the offense didn't do a whole lot in the second half, I mean, that's still a momentum thing that could have really, really changed it up. No question. All right, a few things to know about the Bulldogs. Fresno comes into this one 3-1. and one. This is their Mountain West opener. So far this season, they've smacked Idaho 79-13. They had a close loss at Minnesota 21-14. I think, if I remember correctly, they were marching to tie that game late, and there was a brutal turnover, if I remember that correctly. They went to UCLA and thumped the Bruins 38-14. UCLA, by the way, is on winless watch. You look at their schedule. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a long, long year for Chip Kelly in year number one. And then on Saturday, common opponent, Fresno hosted Toledo and rolled 49-27. So not necessarily comforting 
I, I, I would say, where do you, where do you want to start with this one? Uh, well, <laughs> it's kind of a tough to dig in. I'm going to dig into something completely random. I'm going to go away from their games. I kind of did write about that. And I then also it. I talked about, you know, kind of last year, a little bit ago into that in my next, next point, but their one guy, I was looking at their quarterbacks play, uh, and it's Marcus McMarilon, McMarilon or something McMarion. like that. McMarion. It's an I. Oh, that's an I. Wow. Strong that's starts a, that, the pod this week for you. You know what I do? When you do late night notes, sometimes you write I's and L's. They get mixed. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, I was looking at his numbers and he's incredibly efficient. He's, you know, on the yep. season, he's 88 of 122. He's got a 72% completion rate, 1,050 yards, 8.6 yards per completion, seven TDs, two interceptions. And his quarterback rating is a 160.1. So, nice. yeah, dude has command of the offense. Yeah, no question. He's he's one of the better quarterbacks in, in the conference, no question. He was actually named the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week last week against Toledo. We saw Ty Ganji have a really good week against uh, game against Toledo on the road. McMarion was at home last week. Numbers in that game, 24 of 31, 368 yards, four touchdowns, and he ran for a touchdown. So that is a pretty nice game from the quarterback. Their defensive end, Michael Walker, the Mountain West defensive player of the week last week against Toledo. Listen to this, listen to the stat line. Two and a half tackles for loss, one of which was a sack. He forced a fumble. He broke up a pass and he picked off a pass and ran at 37 yards for a touchdown. Sounds like Cleo Mack. No question. <laughs> so that, that is a name <laughs> to look out for Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, then I guess going back into last year for those, I mean, for those people who weren't really that invested in the Mountain West or didn't really hear, you know, pay that much attention, I guess. But last year they were 10 and 4 overall, 7 and 1. They're first in the West Division. And for those who didn't catch the Nevada Fresno game, the Nevada lost 41-21 last year in Fresno. So this isn't kind of coming out of nowhere. This team's good. <laughs> it came, it came out of nowhere last year. Well, it came out of nowhere last year, but I'm saying like this, for this year, year now. Yeah, yeah, it, it was as expected that they were going to be good this year. Their defense is especially good. We talked about their offense and Mark McMarion, what they do throwing the ball. They are a better throwing te- passing team than they are a running team, but that defense is stout. Some numbers here: mm-hmm. total defense, giving up 314 yards per game. It's number 21 in the country. The rush in pass defense, as you would imagine, both top 40, your total defense is up there in the country. Scoring defense, giving up less than 19 points per game. That's 26th in the country. They are plus two turnovers per game. That's number two in the country. They have eight picks. That's fourth. The red zone defense is crazy. They're only allowing scores on 55.6% of drives that reach the red zone. That is number one in the country. Well, I was going to say, if they're only inside the red zone 55%, that's crazy. That's nuts. And then we talk, we've talked about Nevada's third down defense on the show a lot. Fresno's third down defense is actually better. They are allowing conversions on just a tw- little over 26% of third downs. That's number nine in the country. Nevada's number 10, but still, yeah. um, that defense, uh, they're pretty good. Could cu- they could cause some fits on <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, um, I won't spend too much time talking about it just because you kind of recapped it in the beginning, but 
the Fresno, they've shown that they can play. Obviously, UCLA isn't that good. Yeah, like you said, they're on the winless watch. But it's a, it's a Pac-12 team on the road. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're still playing on the road. You're still, I mean, that's still a tough, you know, tough, uh, environment to go into and smacked. And then the one that just really scares, <laughs> makes me nervous is just looking at that Toledo score. Yeah. So I remember, I remember watching that when they were, when they were playing last week and just being like, Oh God. Yeah. They steamrolled in that game. Yeah. So Absolutely that was pretty steamrolled. Pretty brutal. Fresno is a really experienced team. They got dudes all over the roster that have 30 plus starts. I think it's like 18 guys. So they have a lot of guys who have played a lot of snaps. One name that Nevada fans have heard a lot of already in his career and are probably going to hear a lot of again on Saturday is wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. Not that Keyshawn, but uh, he has played, I don't know, He's he has a grab, here we go, he has a grab in 40 straight games, that's number one in the country. He leads mm-hmm. the country in career receptions for active players with 206. He's averaging just short of three, or just short of 100 yards per game, there it is, that's third in the Mountain West, and we know about Nevada's secondary. Uh, he has a nice matchup this week, we'll put it that way, so Keyshawn Johnson, and Marcus McMarion in the passing game, not a great matchup for Nevada. Yeah, those are some numbers you didn't want to, <laughs> did not want to hear just get spilt out. <laughs> no, no. All right, favorite player on the other roster. You want to take this? You want to start this one? I'll start. So for the second straight week, I don't know how I keep doing this. I like, shame, I, shame. I, I skipped it while putting my notes together, so I had to scramble before we came on. I have been skinny shamed for most of my life. You still are. You're currently I, I, being skinny shamed. I still get skinny shamed. So I went the opposite of what you do. I found the tallest and skinniest guy on the roster. This guy's taller and skinnier mm-hmm. than I am. And you would think, okay, tall, skinny, probably someone playing wide receiver. Nope. This guy's a linebacker. Freshman linebacker, Ryan Fields. 6'5", 185. What a stud. That's not a great build for linebacker. I gotta be concerned if this guy's ever even eaten protein or anything. If he's <laughs> weighing that little and he's that big, yeah, that's that's thin. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, while we're doing this segment, shout out Chad Hartley sent me a picture. Nevada's SID sent me a picture. I think it was two nights ago of Wolfgang. He, he will forever be our favorite My- player on the other roster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wolfgang's gang, he called it. Picture of, of his family in the stands, and I loved it. So, shout out Chad Hardley. Um, didn't quite get a Wolfgang this week. Actually, I don't know. Did you have a... My only, well, my only question is that Wolfgang, how, um, I don't know what the word to describe, how, like, aggressive, I guess, did their family look? Did it look like a family that would name this guy Wolfgang, or, like, was it just kind of like, okay, that's random? I would hell. say, no, I'd say it's just a, a normal, our son plays offensive line at a Mountain West school. Look. <laughs> I guess we'll roll with it. All right. Well, <laughs> the player I found he wasn't as crazy as Wolfgang or wasn't as cool, but uh, nothing ever will ha- be. He did have two hyphenated name. He, his name has double hyphenation. His first name and his last name is hyphenated. Mm. And he's huge and he's Canadian. His name is Mark David Bian Aim, I think is what his name is. He's 6'5. Uh, he's 350 pounds, so he's almost, you know, got 170 pounds on your guy. But, 
other than that, I tried to find some crazy or any interesting facts about him. Apparently, nobody knows nothing, anything about him. I went onto his Twitter briefly last night, and I got scared. <laughs> so I, so I got off it. What He's was on his weird, Twitter? He just posts some weird stuff. Like what? It was. Uh, I was just like a one of I don't know. It sounded like he raps or something like that. Some of the things were aggressive. I was like, okay. I was like, it's too late for me to be stalking this dude's Twitter. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna move on. Double hyphenated Canadian rapper. Yeah, is what we got. So that's what I was like. All right, he sounds interesting enough. And then all right, that's where I ended it. All right, I'll roll with it. It's like everything from now on is gonna be a letdown. Just, well, we, I mean, we peaked way too early in the show at Wolfgang, and it's all downhill from here. We honestly just should have saved Wolfgang for like said he was on a roster later on the season, just not even be on that roster. Just lied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I miss Wolfgang. What a, we'll what get it. Awesome. We'll, we'll get it next year. All right, key, <laughs> key matchups in this one. I will start. I've talked about Fresno's defense already. I'm, I'm curious to see what Nevada's offensive line can do do against this Fresno front. Fresno hasn't gotten to the quarterback a ton this year, but they have forced a ton of turnovers, especially in the secondary. You have Ty Ganji who is either going to be out there at less than 100% or you're going to have a backup quarterback out there in Christian Solano. Nevada has to run the ball in this one. They have to take the pressure off the QB spot. If you're relying on a banged-up Ganji or a backup quarterback to throw the ball into the teeth of this secondary that gets its hands on a lot of football or a lot of footballs, that's a really tough ask. And then then you're allowing that Fresno defense, even though they have don't have a ton of sacks, if you can't run the ball, you're getting one-dimensional. You're letting the DNs now just tee off on Nevada's tackles. Mm-hmm. That's not a great scenario. So I think the offensive line really has to assert itself and have some resemblance of a ground game. Yeah. Fresno's run game, by the way, as you'd imagine, pretty, pretty good. 123 yeah. yards per game. That's number 33 in the country. So that's no easy ask, but a big matchup in this one for me. Classic. Well, Shout Brothers are thinking similar again. That was my number one key matchup was getting run game established. So I'll move to my second one, which is just more of a broader thing for the offense is keeping the turnovers are in check against the defense. Cause we've talked about how, how good this defense is. You're top in the country in a lot of categories. Um, the only game they've really been kind of outrageous with the turnovers was against Vanderbilt. They had four, you know, four. That's mm-hmm. too, way too many. The last two games against Toledo and Air Force, they've had two apiece in each of those. So especially uh, going, playing against a team such as Air Force that is just top in the country in a lot of statistics, uh, the turnovers are going to have to be kept minimal. Yeah, regardless of, of when you're playing a team or anytime you play a team that on paper has you beat mm-hmm. in a lot of areas – you you can't be turning the ball over. That's one of the things I I think I have written down for later. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go back to this one. I think every week I'll just rely on it, fill it in. <laughs> Nevada on third down. <laughs> Take it to the bank. So last week they were good on third down again. Air Force was three of fourteen. They were I believe three of four mm-hmm. on third down. So now number ten in the country, like one percent behind. Um. Behind Fresno State, there it is. Wow, that was a pretty strong brain fart. So on on third down, you're playing an offense that is efficient. They can throw the ball all over the place. Fresno converting on third down. Awesome. 
50, over 56%. That's number five in the country. So strength for strength when Fresno is facing third down offensively. I've been surprised about how good Nevada has been on third down defensively th- this year. And that's a key mm-hmm. matchup. Always, regardless of who you're playing, that's especially true on Saturday against a really talented Fresno team. You got one more? Yep. No, I just had those two. The last one I got is we, we mentioned Marcus McMarion. We mentioned Keyshawn Johnson in that passing game. So it's it's Fresno's aerial attack versus Nevada's secondary. Uh, McMarion, one of the most efficient passes in the conference, as you mentioned, completing almost 50, 65% of his passes. Fresno has three receivers that have 37 or more starts. That is a ton of experience for guys catching passes for McMarion. So even after playing Air Force, a team that didn't throw the ball a ton, really until they had their third stringer in there on that last drive, Nevada's still allowing over 260 pass yards per game. That's still pretty lofty after you play a team that doesn't really have any resemblance of a passing game. McMarion, Mm -hmm. you mentioned it, only throwing two picks. Nevada has to get a couple on Saturday, yeah. you would think, and only has only has three picks so far this year. Nevada secondary does as a whole. So um, Nevada's pass, he has to have its best performance of the year. Yeah, time to turn that, get a couple more. Biggest concern in this one for you? So mine is just going to be if Ganji's going to play. I mean, mm. going in with the bat, that's an easy concern, but that's the one I'm rolling with because that's obviously the biggest He's a pivotal, obviously, you know, a lot of experience. Our backup quarterbacks, you know, not a whole lot. Because did Solano, did he play last year at all? I think he got into a couple games. I think he threw something like six passes. Yeah, I was going to say, because I know he, I mean, obviously, from what I'm just trying to remember from last year, not a whole lot of experience. So, Ganji. He played against Portland State also. Oh, he did? Okay, probably later later in the game. Um, It's just going to be if Ganji's going to play. He's still banged up, but I mean, a lot of times you got to deal with, with, especially playing football. A lot of it comes down to heart, so I know that'll be a lot bigger of a motivation factor for just the offense collectively. And I know they'd feel better even with a banged up Gangy back there. So that's my biggest concern. What's your gut say? Is he gonna play? I say no. I say I say yes. You think he, he is? All right. He, he, here's why. He's a veteran quarterback now. He knows the system. What does what does Nevada really gain from him getting reps this week? As a quarterback, your most important reps of the week may be in the film room. What do mm-hmm. they what do they do defensively? How are they lined up in this situation? What coverages do I do they have to play in, in these scenarios? So I don't think Ganji one gains a lot by practicing this week, especially on a, on a banged up leg, and two, you're playing a Fresno team that you're a heavy underdog in. It certainly doesn't hurt to give them another thing to think about defensively going into the week. See, I go on the flip side of it because as we've talked about, the home schedule is the best it's ever going to be for Nevada. And I'm not saying that they're rolling over in this game and saying, you know, forget it, move on to Boy- move on to Boise next week. But I think they're that they're going to be looking a little more on the horizon, like. If we throw him out there and risk him getting seriously hurt, like even more right. injured and possibly missing a couple games after this one, then I think that would be the bigger, the greater concern. That's a good point, actually. 
We'll see. So. I, I, I still think he goes. That, that's a good point. So that, that plays into what my concern was too. I mean, he, he, regardless of who's back there, banged up Ganji or Christian Solano making his first start. This is a Fresno defense that's forced 13 turnovers this year. That's third in the country. So I think the concern would be that Fresno just absolutely erases Nevada's offense, that it gets handicapped mm-hmm. based on who's take, back there taking snaps and yeah. Fresno just absolutely dominates on that side of the ball. Um, do you have another one or do you have one more? Yeah, I was going on Ganji. That's big, big, big concern. Other side of the ball for me, big picture. There have been some defense or some frustrating defensive performances the last few years. And on paper, this has the makings of adding to that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great matchups across the board for Nevada's, well, Nevada as a whole, but especially look at Nevada's defense. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there's a legit possibility in this one that it just, it gets ugly on both sides of the ball. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, when we get into our predictions, I've, I'm a feeling our predictions will be different this week because that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> All right, keys to victory in in this one. You want to go first? Uh, pressure, pressure, Marcus Marion, McMarion. God, I cannot get that last name this right to save terrible. my life. McMarion, McMarion, whatever, whoever the hell is getting the snaps back there, put pressure on him. <laughs> Their offense is too good. If he's just sitting back there and all the time in the world when they, you know, running the pass, it is, I think if he's got all the time, it's got the makings of the Nevada defense getting torched and that could, could be a very ugly Saturday. It has been a strength of this Nevada defense so far. They, I think they lead the Mountain West in sacks. I think they have 16 this year. They've played one more game than a lot of, a lot of teams in the conference, but they are making plays behind the line of scrimmage. If you can live in that backfield, start making some plays, then obviously you're going to help help yourself out. Uh, mine was hang on to the football. We've talked about this already. Fresno forces a ton of turnovers. Nevada has committed 10 turnovers this year. That's not a small number. You have to make Fresno earn it. Mm-hmm. They've got you outmanned in several positions. You can't give a team like that anything. You have to make them earn it. And if you if you're shooting yourself in the foot – Cough of the football, throwing silly picks, whatever it is, it's it's going to be a long day at the park. Yeah, definitely. Well, then my the last one I got is just talking for everybody listening. Is like we said we said in a couple other episodes, Mackey's not the most welcoming stadium, so the crowd's going to have to get involved here because if the crowd falls silent early, another motivate motive. Jesus, my <laughs> talking right, my speech is unreal right now. Anyways, it's not good. A motiva- motivation. That's not even the right word I'm looking for. <laughs> Momentum killer. Oh my God. I am the worst this week, but the crowd has got to get be behind the team. Uh, cause if Fresno starts rolling and the stadium gets quiet, then I mean, it's that student section is going to be even less packed than it ever is at half. <laughs> yeah. No, Nevada certainly needs help from the stands on Saturday. Any advantage it can get. There aren't a lot of them on paper. One of them Nevada can get is Mackie gets rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question. I think, I think Toa Tawa needs to have a, a big game this week. He was 13 carries, 76 yards last week, but that ground game, we talked with the offensive line versus Fresno's front. I, I think he really needs to assert himself in this game. He's a freshman. That's a really big ask of, of mm-hmm. a freshman, but you can run the ball. It takes pressure again off the passing game and whoever is taking snaps for Nevada on Saturday. It doesn't force you to throw. 
or get as predictable throwing into a secondary that has eight picks already this year. So I'm looking at Toa Tau in, in the ground game to to make some plays. Do you have another one? No, just had those two. My last one is Nevada's going to have to play its best game of the year. Start to finish. We need to see yeah. it. If there is any additional room for optimism, it's that Nevada's sitting here at 3-2, and 1-0. First place, baby. It's been a while since anyone's been able to say that about Nevada football. But call you, the season now. Yep, call it. Take it. <laughs> take a knee. Uh, you look at games they played this year. Portland State, slow start. Vanderbilt, throw that whole game away. That was gross. Oregon State, you had a shaky finish. I think, what was it, 31-7 at one point in the first half. Yeah, Toledo special teams were an absolute nightmare. Air Force defense was great, but offense was generally sloppy. So this team is yet to play a complete game start to finish. Best performance of the year. The best football is still ahead of this team, which is certainly a reason for optimism. And we need to see Nevada fire on all cylinders. Yeah. In this one. one 100%. Predictions in this one. I think we're finally going to have a different prediction this week. At least yeah. the score will probably be different. I'd be, I'd be surprised if our score is similar. Do you want to go first or am I going first? Let's have you, let's, I'll let you take it. I'm curious, I'm curious to hear what you got. All right. Everything we have talked about so far points to Fresno. Get out of here. On paper, it's Bulldogs comfortably. They have an advantage probably every single position group on the field. You have a quarterback who's hurt. Fresno is a Mountain West favorite. They beat Nevada by 20 last year. Their defense is unbelievable. They have experience across the board. And generally, it's tough to find anything to love about Nevada in this one. But screw it! I picked Nevada in the season preview show to win this game against Fresno. I think the, the win at Air Force last week changes the feel for this team, changes the confidence level, done something they haven't done in a long, long time. I think the atmosphere at Mackey is going to be special. It's a late start. Weird things happen at those 730 games when it's 1130 and just bad beats all over the place. I'm going Nevada 33, Fresno 31. Let's go. You got some stones. Let's you got go. Some real sto- got some real stones over there down in Vegas, huh? Um, I am, you know, I'm happy that I'm leaving town this weekend. So if anybody sees me, they can't just be talking shit to me because I am, for those reasons, going to go on the opposite side of the ball. Uh, I don't see it very close. I got 44-17 Fresno. Oh, God. Also, keep in mind, though, I'm banking off Ganji not playing. I don't know that he makes that much of a difference <laughs> in, in this one, but it certainly helps. Well, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying for the offense, yeah. I mean, they're, cause I don't think they'll get throttled by almost 30 if, if he's playing, but I'm saying if you got a backup quarterback in there, that's my score. Sticking to it. All right. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's only the second time we've differed because we, you picked Nevada at Vandy. Mm-hmm. I picked Vandy in that one. I've, I've picked every game right so far this year. You know, I was so thinking I'm going about out on a limb. I was thinking about that today. I was like, Nathan's hit everyone. I was like, I'm getting hammered in all the spreads. I'm getting hammered on the predictions. I was like, this is my week. This is it. <laughs> nope. Nevada 33, Fresno 31. What about attendance? You got a number? Uh, these are where I've historically struggled. Historically. But historically. Historically of this season. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go 21-4 is my number. I'm going to guess you're going to go higher than that, but 
What do you got? I got 21-3. Ooh, I was wrong. God, I've been wrong so much, and I love it. It's it's a late start. That never helps. It's yeah, going to be yeah. – I was looking at the weather. It's gonna, it looks like it's going to be kind of chilly in Reno. Mm-hmm. It's going to be definitely the coldest game of the year so far. So it, it my guess – your guess is almost 1,000 exactly more than Oregon State. And that had the makings of yeah. a huge attendance, and it was it was somewhere in there. So I'll be, I'll be curious. Mm-hmm. We, we basically guessed the same number there. All right, betting angle. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, so I checked the spread before we got up or before we started recording. Last I saw was thirteen and a half. Uh, Fresno's favored, and the over under it's kind of teetered. It kind of depends on where you're looking. I've seen you know, anywhere between fifty nine and sixty. Uh, I'm gonna base it off sixty. Uh, going off the couple, I wrote four statistics. Uh, of some recent trends and everything, and um, all I'm going to say is they're not favorable. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? That. What do you got? Okay. Uh, Wolfpack. They are one in six against the spread versus a team with their winning with a winning record in their last seven. Oof. So tough already. Um, the under is eight and one in Wolfpack Wolfpack's last nine home games versus a team. With a winning road record. Mm. Okay, now I'm now I'm also realizing that the way these are grammatically written is just not correct. <laughs> um, the road team is you need, to, you need to get it together over there right now. We got to regroup. You know, dude, I work forty hours a week. I got a tough life. Wow, you're, <laughs> pro- you're probably the only one who does that. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm sorry, guys. sorry for everyone's listening. I I respect your forty hours too. Uh, road team is six and one against the spread in their last seven meetings. So that's a head to head. Yeah. Um, and then the Bulldogs, this is kind of the dagger are four and oh against the spread in their last four meetings in Nevada. That's not great. So all roads are kind of pointing <laughs> towards taking Fresno. Uh, that's not great. Fresno and the under, those numbers are saying. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff I was looking on. A couple of the websites on Odd Shark and covers, and some of the stuff I was reading. A lot of people are pointing towards um, Fresno and the and the under. I mean, obviously too with the quarterback injury, a lot of people obviously probably don't look into it that much of the you know the depth in Reno and you know if you know Gange is going to play and a lot of the specific matchups and everything. But yeah, a lot of the a lot of the forum stuff I was reading too, it's not promising. Yeah, but both of your picks went with Fresno in the under. I went with Nevada and the over. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, my brain does not love the pick. I'm going with my heart. Oh, so, uh, well, if you were to bet then, are you, well, I guess you have them winning anyways, so you would money line them. Nevada, money line. I'm truly surprised the spread isn't bigger. Yeah, well, I saw you talking with someone on Twitter. I can't remember exactly who it was, and they said they thought the line should be 16 or something like that. And that's what I was thinking, that the, that the line was going to be at least three possessions. It's kind of a weird line. All right, um, so Adams got Fresno in the under. I got Nevada in the over, I suppose. I'm going Nevada money line. All right, we'll move on to some slants. Now, before we move into this real quickly, we need to apologize. Nintendo 64 games last week, a glaring omission. We None of us mentioned Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, which is embarrassing on several levels. I am not proud 
and I apologize to everyone who's listening because that's terrible. I went to confession that week. And I had to. <laughs> that's had terrible. To, that's a sin. Yeah, the Mariners were so good on that game too. That was the best part. Yeah. All right, Buner. games of the weekend. All right, so I just picked two. I picked two for each one for college and NFL. Uh, for college, I try my best to stay away from Washington, but just because everybody knows, we know we're big, big Husky fans. But they looked good gonna, last week, by the way. They looked real they good against. Real B- good. They looked really good against BYU. Uh, they're going down to UCLA. Uh, twenty-one point favorites over under fifteen and a half. I just think, especially with how bad Oregon beat up on Washington when Chip was in uh, Oregon. Oh yeah. This is I just I just think this is a game where the dogs are just gonna smack them. I hope so. I almost went to this game. I thought. Yeah, that, yeah. I, was, I, I, I texted I was, you about it. Yeah, I was curious. I, I was actually I was gonna ask you after we were done recording to see if you were still gonna go or not. No, but I ended up not going. Ah, that's a bummer. Uh, UCLA people tailgates suck anyways. <laughs> Alright, you got another one? Yeah, last one, Red River Rivalry. Yep. Uh, Texas had Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by eight, over under sixty and a half. Uh, I think there will be a lot of points in this game. So, might want to peek that over. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good one. I mean, Texas, yearly, overrated. But, after that loss to Maryland in the opener, Mm-hmm. They've won four straight. So yeah. I, I'm I'm actually kind of interested in this one. I would love to see Texas win this game. I think college football is better suited when when Texas is relevant. But you got Oklahoma, Kyler Murray coming off the bench last week, seven tutties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna sit o- me? Okay, watch me do this. Yeah, o- Oklahoma's legit this year. Yeah, they're good. Uh, what do you got? Two other games I had circled for Mountain West. Intentions, purposes. Utah State at BYU is an interesting one. Utah State has been surprising this year in the Mountain West at a BYU team that was ranked in the top 25 before getting its teeth kicked in up in Seattle last week. Cougs, two and a half point favorites. That's a Friday night game. I think for Mountain West fans who aren't at high school football games on Friday night, that'll be a fun one to watch. A good measuring mm-hmm. stick ga- measuring stick game, I think, for Utah State on the road. The other one I have, just because I think it could be funny, Nebraska at number sixteen, Wisconsin. One of my oh. good, one of my good friends in high school was a diehard Nebraska fan, and I have learned to loathe Nebraska because of it. I listen to way much Nebraska talk in high school. I cannot stand the program. So the fact they're zero and four to me is hilarious. They got smacked at home by Purdue last week. Uh, Frost, the head coach, said it was a winnable game, and then Purdue got all pissed off and then just kicked their ass. So yeah. Nebraska, 0-4, going to a ranked Wisconsin team. It's going to be a bloodbath. I was going to say, that game's going to get ugly. Real ugly. Because the other part, too, looking on the flip side, even though Wisconsin lost at home to BYU, I was hearing some of these playoff prediction outcome stuff. I mean, they're still fighting for a chance. They're on the outside looking in, but there's a couple dominoes that could fall and Wisconsin could still sneak in there. Obviously, that BYU home loss is going to hurt them. Right. But I mean, it's the big it's I the think. big it's the Big 10. You know, you're going you know you're going to play some ranked teams in that conference. Yeah. All right, what about on Sunday? What games are you looking forward to? Dude, I don't know about you, but when I was looking at the schedule this week, NFL, there wasn't really any games that I was kind of like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this one, or this is you know, a good showdown or whatever. So 
I mean, the two I went with, I think the Eagles versus the Vikings. Yep. You know, Super Bowl, last year's Super Bowl champs versus the Vikings. Vikings have just been, I don't even know what's going on in Minnesota right now. That was was last year's NFC title game. That was, yeah, correct. So that'll be a good repeat game. Eagles are favored by three, 125 kick, over-unders 44 and a half. Uh, those ones, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I'll probably have to do a little more. I'll be actually in Phoenix, probably texting a buddy to make a bet for me since I'll be <laughs> not, not here. Um, and then my other game that I think is going to be interesting just cause the Jack, I just like watching the Jaguars. <laughs> like they're just Blake Bortles is just so interesting to me cause he's not, I mean, I don't even know how to describe him. He's not like a pocket guy. He can scramble, but he's not like a sprinter. He's just like this weird kind of mesh. Yeah. And he's just, I don't know. But yeah, so another game going into it is going to be the Jaguars versus the Chiefs. Chiefs are favored in three, by, by, by three on that one. And they're just coming off a pretty exciting win on Monday too. The Chiefs are so freaking fun to watch with yeah. Patrick Mahomes. That's got a really fun matchup. You, you're talking about Blake Bortles, but the fun matchup's the other side of the ball. It's the Chiefs mm-hmm. offense versus the Jags defense. I mean, those are two of the better units in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. so that's going to be fun to watch. That can mean something in the, in January for the AFC playoff picture. The only other one that I had that you didn't mention, Falcons at Steelers. So the Falcons, I don't know what to make of them. They have a ton of talent. Yeah. They, they couldn't get a stop to save their lives last week in Cincinnati, but they're one and three on the road against a Pittsburgh team that's one, two and one. Um, it's the first week of October. But this one has a really must winish feel at yeah. one, at one and four. If you're the Falcons in the NFC South, a division that has, uh, the Panthers looking pretty good, the Saints looking pretty good. They're all but eliminated at that point. Mm-hmm. And Pittsburgh, you're, you're then, oh, don't, one, don't, don't forget, one. don't forget, don't forget the Bucks. Pay, pay the Bucks their respect. <laughs> I think we all got just totally, Deked by their fast start. They're the Bucks. Yeah. They get their ass kicked. We, again, we, we knew Fitzmagic was going to end. We talked about it in our fantasy, Matt. When we talked about fantasy. We said we know who he is. Yeah. All right. Moving on to Hey, I Remember You. You want to go first? Uh, no, I'll let you take it. I'll be polite today. All right. I had one on Friday night. I was all excited to watch the Ryder Cup. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to yell America at the TV a million times, and then we started getting our ass kicked, and then it wasn't fun for me. So I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning with all the lights on, all my clothes on, on the couch, just beyond confused. What's happening? Where am I? And (laughs) it's been a while since I've done that, several years since I've just woken up in the middle of the night on the couch, passed out. So rolling from the couch to bed, you just take your clothes off. You can't even keep your eyes open. You're just mad at everything. It's It's a tough walk. Yep. Walk of shame in your own house. That's what I'm saying. Uh, mine is a, Hey, I remember you to myself. Um, well, every year I have this where I get overly confident and I throw way too much money around on one weekend and I lose a lot of money and then I have to joyfully sit on the couch twiddling my thumbs the next weekend. Luckily, I have enough self-control for that. And not bet because one, I've mentally just got destroyed and two, my bank account's destroyed. Yep. So, hey, I remember you to myself. Getting, and I honestly, getting cleaned I out. I, well, I actually think last year too, I made it a couple more weeks before I had to, <laughs> before I had to. This year it was pr- 
pretty early. I'm still still pretty bitter to, uh, about that Patriots game in Detroit. Yeah, that was. I remember watching that and just thinking I would be so pissed if I bet on this game. Oh well, yeah, you had you had blood bet on it. <laughs> All right, the other one I had was playoff baseball. We haven't talked hardly any baseball on the podcast yet. And to be honest, once the Mariners started nosediving, I pretty much just stopped paying attention just completely. And that's it's a yearly tradition. I, I care about <laughs> baseball until the Mariners fall apart. It happens every year. Take it to the bank. It's going to happen just sooner. Yeah. They waited a little bit longer this year, so it hurt a little bit more, and I was a little bit more bitter than normal. Definitely and, more. Uh, playoffs started, well, really two days ago, but really last night. Did you watch Cubs Rockies? You stay up for it? So I watched about the first seven innings and then I took a break and I, ch- I chimed back in in the ninth when I realized they were tight. So I missed that. I think it's the bottom of the eighth. They scored the tying run. Yeah. But then I watched from the ninth inning on. Okay. So you caught extras. And then the American League wildcard game A's Yankees is going right now. At the time mm-hmm. that we're recording this. Um, so let's give some picks real quick. American League Championship Series, National League Championship Series, and then World Series. Uh, I'll let you go first this time. Okay. Well, how should I attack this? Should I attack it how, who I want to win or who do I think is going to win? No, no, who do you got winning? Okay. Who do I got winning? My World Series. No, who do you got, got in the American League Championship Series? Act like you've been there before. Uh, I'm an idiot. I don't have the American League. Ch- I just have who's winning and then who's winning the World Series. This is your worst performance of the podcast so far. Well, when you text me last night and say pick your ALCS winner and your World Series winner, I'm going to pick who's going to win that game. I did not text you that. You I, did. I said ALCS, NLCS, World Series. Bad. Look at the text. Look at the text. I, I'm pulling it up right now. But Okay, so who do you got in the in the World Series then? Oh, I got a Milwaukee Cleveland World Series. Ooh, the Brew Crew. And I got the Indians taking it all though. All right. I yeah. cannot find my I text too many people apparently. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll it's find real, it. Real 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 suspicious. I'll find now. it. I'll, oh, I texted you last. Okay, I said yeah. some more really riveting radio here. I said When did I text this to you? Yeah, first off, let's check the time. This is... When did I text this to you? We can cut some of this out. I said pick your ALCS, NLCS, and World Series winners. Yeah, ALCS winners, World Series winners. Okay, well, obviously that's a given then if you with your World Series matchups. Is it a given? We need some common sense from you. I texted that to you. Is it a given? I texted to you Monday. I have a very busy schedule. You need to write things out you in plain don't. English. You for don't. Me. Okay. Who, you got Indians over Brewers? Yep. Okay. In the what American you... League Championship Series, I got Astros over the Red Sox. The Astros are unreal. Um, mm-hmm. I remember being excited about them joining the AL West, and now it's my worst nightmare because they're just juggernaut. National League yeah. Championship Series, I'm going with Dodgers over the Brewers. That means we got a World Series repeat of Astros-Dodgers. Houston would have home field in that series. I'm going to go with the Astros to repeat. You know how – that's actually funny. I was here listening to something about – talking about this, how hard it is to repeat in baseball. That's fine. Oh, 
hate that pick, but that's let's fine. move on. That's fine. Okay, moving on to some Twitter questions. Again, you guys, all of you who sent a question in, thank you. You guys are awesome. Some some really awesome ones. Again, this week, excluding this first one from Jacob, why is it when we skate on thin ice, we can get into hot water? Do you want to take this or do you want me to take this? I'm so annoyed by this question, I don't even want to answer it. I mean, from the way I'll just explain it really quick to him. Obviously, if you're on thin ice, the way I interpret this, ice is melting. There's warm water underneath of it. If you're skating on thin ice, you fall into hot water. Obviously, the water's warm underneath it. I love it. Boom. Science. Next right. question. From 15th and Virginia, rank the office annex. Toby, Kelly, Ryan, Gabe, Holly Flax, and Tony Gardner from Utica. Before we get into this, embrace debate. Is Ryan part of the annex? Because he's in just that little closet thing in the kitchen. Yes. I include, for me, if you're not in the main office, you're in the annex. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one thing I'll 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 let that roll. Okay. What do you do you got your you got your order? I did zero prep for this, just looking at it. Toby is the source of a lot of humor unintentionally. I laugh a lot at Toby, so I'm actually gonna put him at number one. Kelly annoys the shit out of me most of the time, so I'm gonna put her last. Ryan <laughs> can be kind of funny. I'll put him I'll put him at three behind Gabe. So I'll go Gabe two. And then I don't know where I put Holly Flax in that. Holly annoys me sometimes too. <laughs> I don't know. Put the, you guys can put that together. What what do you got? Oh my I got I actually thought about this. Ryan, I love Ryan. I can see myself in Ryan. I always wanted to, you know, try and take a shortcut, easiest way to easiest way to success. <laughs> so Ryan's my number one. Uh then I got Toby as my number two, the Scran Strangler. Uh Kelly does annoy the crap out of me too, but she is like the source of a lot of stories and you're not sure. stories, but so I got Kelly as my three. Holly was very average to me. So I agree. Holly Holly was my four, that is. When she, when she, when Michael's trying to pursue her and she keeps staying with, what's his face? AJ. With AJ. AJ. That, that brought, that brought her down several levels. Yeah, yeah Holly was just very, she was always just kind of there. I was never yep. really too, too big on her. That's, um, a good, that's a good way to describe Holly, there. Yep, she was there. Um, then I got Tony Gardner from Utica. From Utica. Uh, his scene was absolutely hilarious when they were trying to hoist him onto the table, but because of la- lack of scenes, he'll come second to last. Okay. Um, then my last is Gabe. I, I actually hated, I hated Gabe. <laughs> I thought he was just, Gabe cracked me up. He was just the weird, I don't know. I just, I always try to envision like if I worked in that office, I was like, Gabe would be the last person I would ever do anything with outside of the office. <laughs> He's like, I can't be alone. You think I like being alone with me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. Weirdo. Moving on. Austin asks, top trick-or-treat candies back in the day? Which ones do you try to pawn off to other people? My favorite back in the day was Three Musketeers. Because I remember I would, you'd crack the chocolate shell off, mm-hmm. and you'd oh, eat yeah. that, and then you had the nougat. Or whatever, and roll that into a ball. I remember I did that all the time with three musketeers. <laughs> and then yeah. um, my least, the one I tried to pawn off, almond joy. Always not an almond joy guy, guy whatsoever. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so um, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I tweeted this a while ago. Think Halloween's actually one of those holidays that I'm just not super big into. Don't really celebrate it. <laughs> Don't really do much for it. Try to avoid all things Halloween. But going back to when I was younger, if I think about the candy, yeah, Almond Joys were one. For whatever reason, I really tried to stay away from those York things. Oh, that's um, a good one. Yeah, it, I wasn't a big was, fan of those either. Yeah, it wasn't so much like, I mean, now I'll eat them. They're fine. But yeah, for whatever reason, Yorks, I try to get rid of. And I would always try to either get Reese's or Kit Kats. I absolutely yeah. love Reese's. Those yeah. are my kryptonite. Strong ones. Uh, Captain Eric Musselman, I think this is a new Twitter account, asks mm-hmm. us which Shout Brother would win in an NFL punt, pass, and kick contest. So uh, we're not going to play in the NFL anytime soon. So let's go punt, pass, and kick contest. And I think it's only fair if we bring Aaron into this. Yeah, that's a good. I, I, I'm good. For, I'm good with that because I mean, my answer is undisputed. It's gonna be me. So is when I saw this question, I was thinking there's only one way to solve this. Did you text him? No, but what I'm okay. saying is when when you and Aaron, mom and dad, are down here next month, we gotta get a football. We gotta go to one of the local high schools. And we gotta figure out what the actual rules are and see if see who does it. Put it on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, because I actually don't know what the rules are either. So I think hey, you, I I'm, think you probably get three attempts at each. Um, well, is it like with I, passing, I honestly, are you trying to like throw the are you trying to throw a length or are you trying to hit a target? No, the, oh, the so furthest. The furthest. It's all about distance. Oh, okay. Stuff. I I honestly think Aaron probably would be the sneaky. Maybe not, not sneaky. He's still a college athlete. He's a pitcher. He's certainly has a better arm than both of us right now. Uh oh, I misread it. Aaron's Aaron's included in it. Oh yeah, we're bringing Aaron into it. Oh okay, I misread that. Yeah, I mean if I, if if I knew he's in it, yeah, I'm probably gonna go that way too. I might tear something if I try and kick a ball too far. But actually, I'm gonna take me. I think I win that one. All right, fake Matt Mummy. <laughs> Why is the air quality in Fresno so terrible? I think insert joke about Fresno here. I think that's super easy to make jokes about Fresno, and <laughs> so we'll just say the people there smell bad. So the air quality is bad. We'll go that route. Boom. Knowledge. <laughs> All right. Uh, this question is from T brand. Not necessarily a question, but he says our quarterbacks and wide receivers are our best units. Biggest letdown so far this year is sustaining drives, namely three and outs. Most are getting shut down by short runs and incomplete deep passes. Not sure why they aren't throwing more short passes. Five to ten yards screens to Mannix slash Fossum to set up the run. I think that's a strong point. I also think that Nevada's offensive coordinator, Matt Mummy, is the son of the originator of the air raid offense. And I am not nearly credentialed enough to question the play calling, but that would make sense to me that we try to do a little yeah. bit more intermediate stuff. Some scr- I, I want to see Jackson Kincaid get more involved in the passing game out of the backfield. I think that's a spot that um, can also be taken advantage of. Um, T Brand also says, also don't know why Kelton Moore is getting more touches when Tawa is getting twice the yards per carry. I also think Devontae Lee might be our second best back. Your thoughts? So Kelton Moore has, I think, 20 less carries than Toa Tawa. Toa Tawa is averaging... Like seven and a half yards per touch. Kelton Moore is somewhere around 4.5, 4.4. I don't think Matt Mummy is excited about going just exclusive one premier back. So I think that's the reason Kelton Moore is getting more carries. I think that Kelton Moore and Devontae Lee are more similar than Toa Tawa. 
So then Kelton Moore is more of a bruiser, I would say. Uh, Toatawa, maybe more the big play guy, although he can certainly run over people. The backfield is just crowded. We always knew that was going to be the case. Like I said, I want to see Jackson Kincaid get more involved in the passing game. Uh, Lemieux asks us, Nevada basketball diehard, Nevada basketball fans should follow him. He has all sorts of good stuff out there, some, some good thoughts. Uh, Nevada basketball will surely face an increased amount of zone this season. It's another reason the Washington game is genius. That's a fun exhibition game, by the way, at, at Lawler. Question one, how does Pack attack that style of defense this season? The way you beat a zone defense is by shooting the ball. And, man, it would have been nice to have Kendall Stevens back again this year. But Caleb and Cody Martin can obviously shoot the ball. You have Jazz Johnson who's going to be shooting the ball. I'm sure I'm missing a few other guys who can shoot lights out. Um, the way you beat a zone is you extend it, make him get down, the, make him stretch out to the perimeter, and then go down low. And Nevada, we know, has, has some dudes down there this year. So Nevada's going to have to shoot the ball to beat the zone this year, no question. One of the things about playing the zone defense is it's tough to grab rebounds. So Jordan Caroline, a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds and putbacks. You know, that's a big part of his game. Whenever teams go zone, Jordan Caroline's going to start licking his chops on the offensive side. And then the attendance for the UW exhibition game. You got a number for this, bro? That How, how big is Lawler? How many does it hold? I, I think know? it's somewhere around 18. I'm going to say it's going to be damn near sold out, if not sold out. That's going to be... I think it's gonna be, there's so many, the buzz is already going crazy. Um, if it's around 18, I'm gonna say 17. It's a, it's a Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's Sunday. Oh, it's on Sunday. Mm. Yeah. I'll go, man, I would love to see some attendance from sheets from last year, but I'll say 16, 8. I don't, I'm yeah. On there. It, it's, I think it's gonna be big. You mentioned the hype train. Uh, Washington's gonna be good this year. They're gonna start the season in the top 25. Go dogs, baby. On our way back. But it's going to be two really good teams. We've mm-hmm. been reading press clippings about Nevada basketball since the moment last season really ended. Well, really when the Martin Twins said they're coming back. That's when it really was yeah. like, oh, my God, this, yeah. is, this is happening. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to be a big number. It's an exhibition. Does that shy some people away? Yes. I'm actually talking myself into this here. I, I don't know if it'll be that big. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say 13-5. Which might even still be big. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah. 15th and Virginia. Any Stanley Cup predictions? If not, just pick the Leafs. Um, I'm still very new to hockey. Still, <laughs> uh, yep. trying to get, yeah, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in that league. But I'm basing it solely off a team that did cover for me in the majority of my hockey bets. So, Predators, Nashville. Nice job. You're gonna you're gonna win the Stanley Cup next year. So I didn't really start following hockey at all until last year, being down here for the start of the nights and how fun that all was. And Seattle looks like it's gonna get a team in 2020, which that also is gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. I will say this: I don't think the Caps or the Knights get back there again this year. The Caps aren't even predicted to win their division. A couple or reasons, conference or whatever it is. One. Ovechkin and that whole roster has been drunk since Game 7. Those guys have not stopped partying. They're going to be drunk for the first few games of this season. It felt mm-hmm. like that was kind of their one push for it. That's the the feel I get for it. 
the Knights had a number of things ultimately working for them last year. They certainly had the chip on their shoulder element where the cast offs from their teams, the guys at other teams or our former teams didn't want. So you have that. You have the fact that no one expected anything from them. Mm-hmm. There were stories saying they're going to be the worst hockey team ever. So they have that going for them. And you have the emotional push that was last year considering the absolute nightmare that happened last year, one October down here. And if we're going to sit here and say the team didn't get any emotional lift for, from that, that's just a flat-out lie. Um, yeah. So you you have all those things that ultimately worked for the Knights last year. I don't know how much of that you can carry over from last year to this year. It's always tough when you get that close as well. How do you rebound emotionally? So I don't have really a pick, but I will say I would be pretty surprised if the Knights or the Caps get back there. All right. There you go. Random Reno, what do you got? Mine's a simple little one. Apparently, there used to be a zoo where Idlewild Park Rose Garden is currently located. I'm not sure of the years, but that is a pretty interesting location for a zoo. Wait, where was it? Idlewild Park Park Rose Garden. Maybe that's where our uh, sign language chimpanzee was hanging out. (sighs) There you go. Now we're putting, now we're piecing some things together. Now we're talking. All right, <laughs> mine in Reno, it is illegal to use bad words in front of a dead body. Oh, I'm safe then. <laughs> I don't know why that would be a crime. I don't know why it is. I don't even know if it is. It could be completely inaccurate, but I did see it on the internet. So uh, it's probably just one of those weird laws. But you think like, who the hell drafted that thing? Like, dead body can't cuss for sure. Yeah, no, no f bombs. Yeah. What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> all right, <laughs> that that's all we got for for this week's show. Uh, thank you to all you guys for giving us a listen. Forgot to mention this last week's show. We surpassed a thousand total downloads. Last weekend, two weekends ago, I don't know. Um, all you guys, the support continues to be amazing and just getting to that number was, was exciting for us, certainly. The survey for the podcast, still live. I'm still hearing from you guys. The input you give us is invaluable as we continue to shape this show. You can always follow us on Twitter at the Reno Slant, at Shalp Nathan, or at Shalp Adam. You know we're going to be back next week and we got a big, big show next week. Yes. Nevada's playing Boise, and that always uh, gets the blood pumping. Uh, but we got an awesome, awesome guest lined up for you guys next week. You do not want to miss it. I'm serious. Kickoff Saturday night versus Fresno, 7.30. I got the pack. Adam does not. He sucks. He smells bad. He's stupid. If you're debating going to the game, I know it's going to be cold, but go. Team needs you on Saturday night for certain. We will see you guys next week. Go Pack. Thanks for listening to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans. Until next time, and we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game.